Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, good morning again. As we begin this morning, we continue a three-week series we began last week called I'll Do It Tomorrow as we explore the difficulties of change in our lives. And last week, we kind of focused on that in Ecclesiastes that God is our one constant, the one thing that never changes, the God who is always there with us. As we gather this morning, let's begin with a question. The question as we explore a sense of purpose and meaning is this. What is something that fills your life with purpose? Something that fills your life with purpose. I mean, you might be a lot of things that fills your life with purpose, not just one thing. Maybe it's, you know, money. A lot of us, you know, money fills our life with a sense of purpose. Maybe it shouldn't, but it, it does. I mean, we all are concerned about either having more or having enough or having enough in retirement or having enough to take care of family or go to college. You know, money is very much a part of our lives. Another thing that often gives us a sense of purpose is work. A lot of us, you know, work gives us a sense of purpose of why we get out of bed in the morning. Either one, because, you know, I hit the snooze alarm because I got to get up finally because I need more money. Or maybe because, you know, our sense of purpose is derived in our occupation, like, you know, police officers and first responders, firefighters, paramedics, and all the medical professionals are caring for those people who have had COVID. You know, there's a sense of purpose there as you care for and you serve others in the community. Maybe the sense of purpose is in relationships, having relationships, building relationships. Maybe it's that longing, you know, for someone to have a ring on their finger to be in that kind of a relationship. Others of us, you know, our purpose, our motivation is, is athletics, is sports. We, we love sports. This is Nebraska, right? We love sports. But, uh, but a lot of us had that dream, too, of you know, not just sitting and watching sports, but uh, playing sports and getting that college scholarship, maybe even being on a professional team. Maybe your sense of purpose and, and, and the meaning is, you know, like, I just want to look good. I like nice clothes, nice shoes, another pair of shoes, you know, another shirt or blouse is what makes me feel really good. Or maybe that sense of purpose that, gives, that drives your life is singing and celebrating. You love to sing. You love to celebrate. Maybe you love to laugh and you love to make other people laugh. Now, sometimes the thing that gives us a sense of purpose is not always a positive thing. Sometimes it's bitterness and, and anger and, and hate and regret and shame. But it also can be love. I mean, for me, one of the things that I drive a sense of purpose in my life is family. I mean, I, I love, you know, being a, a husband and a father, a son and a brother, you know, and, and, and being in that kind of relationship. One of the other things that gives me a sense of a purpose, again, there's often probably more than one thing that does, is, you know, the work that I've done in Poland as part of the Poland mission trip, which some of you even here this morning, you know, in person and watching online have been a part of. Now, one, because it's just, it is fun to travel, and, and we've built some great relationships there. And I love working with middle school age and upper elementary age youth. It's a lot of fun, and sharing Jesus' love with them. But more than anything, I, I love that trip, which we're hoping we might actually be able to go this year because we didn't go last year, but, you know, with COVID, we just don't know yet. But the thing I really love about that is that this trip, and those of you who've gone on this trip before or have gone on a similar mission trip before, it's a very intense discipleship experience. Being preparing for that and being there when you're away from all your comforts of home, when you're in close connection with other people that maybe normally you could just escape from, you know, 
for a few hours, but you're living, breathing together, and working hard, it really is this intense discipling time. And that's what we're going to focus on today, because we talk about change in our lives as we kind of reflect on the words that Paul writes in Romans 12. We're going to talk about the change that God has in our lives through His Son, Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's continue with a prayer. Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts, not only to hear this word, but that your word would take root into our lives. Your word will continue to transform us to be the people that you desire us to be. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right, well, let's read together Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, in view of all we have just shared about God's mercy, I encourage you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices dedicated to God and pleasing to Him. This kind of worship is appropriate for you. Don't become like people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Then you will always be able to determine what God really wants, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. So today we're going to talk, you know, through these words, we're going to talk about a big theological word. If you like theological words, you like to take notes, here you go, take this down. The word is sanctification. It comes from the original words in Scripture. You know, sanctification means to be set apart. We sometimes mean makes holy. And as we talk about sanctification, we're going to even break that down some more. We're going to talk about sanctification in the broad sense, the wide sense, and sanctification in the narrow sense, all in this really short time frame. So we're going to squeeze through a lot of stuff here. But let's start with sanctification in the broad, in the wide sense, and in what that means as Paul writes to us here in Romans and the other letters that he writes to the early Christians. As we talk about the broad sense, the wide sense, this incorporates, this covers all that God does for us in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And see, as Paul talks about this in Romans 12, he says, now, about what we talked about with you earlier, he says, now this is where it hits you know, the road. This is where the rubber hits the road. This is how it connects with our lives. And what he's talking about earlier, we're going to take a look at Romans a little bit more, Romans 3 and Romans 5, and read these together, about what it is in that wide sense. Let's read Romans 3. Romans 3, 23 and 24. Because all people have sinned, they have fallen short to God's glory. They receive God's approval freely by an act of His grace through the price Christ Jesus paid to set us free from sin. You know, for all have sinned and, and fallen short of God's glory, God's expectations, all of us have missed the mark. Not one of us, not one of us can be good enough to earn God's love and grace. Not one of us can be good enough to be loved by God, by what we have done. Not one of us can be good enough to, in a sense, to buy our way to heaven, to buy God's blessings. Not one of us. All of us, Paul says, each and every one of us has fallen short. But God, in His grace, God, in His grace, in Jesus Christ, pays the penalty for our sin to set us free. To set us free to live in relationship with Him, in relationship to His grace. Then Romans 5, 8. Let's jump over here. Paul continues here. Right, similar words here. Let's read together. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. This demonstrates God's love for us. So while we were still sinners, not when we were doing pretty good, not when we were, you know, being really generous or kind, you know, or cheerful or loving or forgiving, God died for us when we were what? When we were still sinners. And this is how God shows his love for us. 
So that, that wide, that, that broad sense of sanctification really covers God's work in Jesus Christ for us. That Jesus came, lived the life that we could not live in perfect obedience, and then gave his life for us, the cross. That we are forgiven by God. That we receive God's grace and his mercy. Grace, getting a gift we don't deserve. Mercy, not getting what we do deserve. That we receive this because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And as Jesus has died for us, well, that begins to shape who we are. Not just for eternity, but the here and now. That is God's mercy that motivates us. We are motivated by God's mercy. And this gets us then into that narrow sense of sanctification. That Paul begins in the first part of Romans 12, talking about kind of more the broader sense, what Jesus has done for us, and then saying, now this is what it means for us in our lives. What it means for us then to be these living sacrifices. To be a living sacrifice. So we talk about living sacrifice and sanctification. Sanctification, again, is you know, God's Spirit working in us. It, it is it's us saying no to the things of this world, not to follow the patterns of this world, you know, to tune out what the world says we should value and to value what God says we should value. The problem is, you know, is this is an ongoing experience. See, what a lot of us would like, and sometimes you might even hear from some Christian preachers, is that sanctification is kind of a one-and-done thing. Kind of like if you're going through the drive-thru, and, you know, you go through the drive-thru, and you get your little greasy burger and fries. Mm, that sounds so good right now. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you, get that, you get it because it's what? It's immediate. It's quick. It's fast. The problem is sanctification, in the narrow sense, God working in us, I mean, Him saving us is all on Jesus Christ, but Him working in our lives, Him making us His people, shaping and molding us by His love, His grace and mercy, is not like driving through your favorite fast food restaurant, getting that bag of greasy burger and fries, even though it may taste so good. You know, it's not an immediate experience. It's a little more like this, like a big crock pot of chili. I don't know if you like chili or not, and, you know, it's really sad with COVID this year because usually in January, Holy Savior, we've got our big, you know, cinnamon roll and chili cook-off. You know, we get to sample all the different cinnamon rolls and chili, and it's all oh, so, so good. I can't wait till we can do that in 2021 or 2022. Um, you know, it'd be great to do that again. But, but that big crock pot of chili, I mean, the thing with the crock pot of chili, it's not like you just went through and said, bam, I got chili. You know, it is, you throw in the beans and the tomatoes, paste and tomatoes and, and peppers. I don't know what all you throw into your chili and, you know, ground beef or pork. And you just throw all this stuff all in together and you do what? You put the lid on it, you turn it on low, and then you just let it simmer for hour after hour after hour. Eight or ten hours. And if you know chili, the best thing to do is you make it like the night or, or two beforehand. And you put it in the refrigerator and all those great ingredients, they begin to seep together and blend together and make just something so beautiful and tasty and oh i think chili sounds really good right now um when we talk about sanctification it's a little more like that that god takes all of our experiences he takes it all and he throws it in that crock pot that salvation that he has for us in jesus christ and begins to mix all of our experiences in life together that they begin to blend together. It's a slow process as God's Spirit is working in our lives. Now, that's not an excuse for us to say, well, you know, it's a slow process, therefore I can just tell God, eh, I'm going to do things my own way. But we know that as we do things our own way, as we get frustrated because we're stuck in a pattern of sin, as we struggle maybe with bitterness or anger or greed, as we want to be more generous and loving and forgiving, 
that God continues working in our lives. That like that crock pot of chili, it is that time that God works. And this time that God works, and see, there's another great phrase. I told you it's would be a day for theological phrases. Here's a theological phrase in Latin. So if you like Latin, here you go. Woo-hoo. Um, this is a great Lutheran phrase. You know, so if you want a great Lutheran Christian um, phrase, not just Lutherans, but Luther is the one that came up with this one. You can say this with me if you know how to say it. And if you know how to say Latin and I butcher it, don't tell anyone. It's called simul justus et pancator, pancator, which means I'm at the same time a sinner and a saint. I am justified. I am made right by God's grace and forgiveness because Jesus paid the price for my sins. I am set apart by God. I am supposed to say no to the things of this world. I am supposed to say no to the old self, as Paul writes in his other letters to the Christians. No to the old Adam. Come up into this new life. And yet I find myself still getting into the patterns of this world. I still find myself stuck in the patterns of sin. If you're like me, there's certain things in 2020 that I would like to say no to that have already again crept up in 2021. And that I continue, God continues working in us. One great thing is God does not give up on you. You think of yourself like a great pot of chili. That's a great spiritual image, isn't it? You're a great pot of chili, and God is not going to give up on you. He's going to continue pouring all the ingredients in there and all of that with love to make you something beautiful. The thing is, this process that God works in our lives is a lifelong process. This is why it's much more like a big crock pot of chili. Paul writes about this in his letter to the church in Philippi. Philippians 1, 6. Let's read together. I am convinced that God, who began this good work in you, will carry it through to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. I am convinced, Paul says, that God, who began this good work in you, God, who, you know, got out that crock pot and began pouring in his love and all the other ingredients of his love into our lives and all the gifts that he gives to us and all that he calls us to live, that he began this good work for us in Jesus Christ that it will be complete. In other words, that completeness happens when we are with Jesus in heaven. So yes, at the same time as sinner and at the same time as saint, we are going to sometimes struggle. Yet we live in God's grace and forgiveness. And God's grace and forgiveness becomes our motivation for how we live, for whom we live for. We live for God. As we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So when Paul talks about being a living sacrifice, the characteristic mark of being a living sacrifice is not so much that we renounce the things of this world that are evil, that is part of it, but more than that is that we adopt the Christ-like activities. So that longer lesson all the way to verse 14, those are those Christ-like activities. Generosity, kindness, love, you know, forgiving those who have hurt us, loving those who even maybe don't seem worthy of Love, because our love, our forgiveness re- reflects the love and forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ. The Eucharistic mark is not so much that, you know, we make a living sacrifice, but that we are a living sacrifice. So let's just take a moment here to talk about sacrifice. Um, sacrifice, in, in Old Testament kind of language, there were two types of sacrifices, and we are one and not the other. One type of sacrifice is an atoning sacrifice. The atoning sacrifice covers, you know, the sin with blood. So those lambs that were slain all pointed to the one who was the Lamb of God, to Jesus, whose blood would cover our sins, that in him we have forgiveness, that he has paid the penalty for our sins. The other type of sacrifice is a thanksgiving sacrifice. 
And that is the kind of sacrifice that we are. That is the kind of sacrifice that Paul calls us to. To be a living, thanksgiving sacrifice. Giving thanks to God for what he has done for us and all that he gives to us in Jesus Christ. You know, last week we encouraged you to get a sticky note and, and write, you know, God is my conscience. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. I told you before I love sticky notes because you can put it up there on a mirror or in your Bible or on the wind, well, maybe not your windshield or your dashboard. Somewhere where you see it, maybe multiple sticky notes to kind of just give you a little thought for your day. And here's the thought I want you to have for this week. And think about how that helps you as you talk about saying no to the things of this world and yes to the things of God. As you look to say, how do I pattern my life so that I have Christ-like activities with my words, how, what I share, what I do, what I think, what I say. That this sticky note would say, God's mercy is my motivation. God's mercy. Not fear of him, not that we're obedient to him to earn any kind of brownie points, but his mercy. Not getting what we deserve. His love and forgiveness for us in Jesus. That's our motivation. And that's what Paul calls us to here in Romans. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing love, grace, and mercy for us in Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, you paid it all. Each and every sin that we've ever committed. The sin that is just a part of us being humans. You have covered that sin by your blood. You were the living, atoning sacrifice. We pray, Holy Spirit, that as we have been forgiven, as we've been sanctified in his blood, made holy, that we'd also live these sanctified lives, motivated not by fear, but motivated by your love for us, motivated by your grace and your mercy for us in Jesus Christ. That, Lord, we long for the power of the Spirit working in us to be more and more Christ-like, living and sharing the love that is ours in him. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.